This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We are in the middle of our toxic series. And admittedly, this has been a little bit of a heavier series, you know, where we've been talking about you know, guarding ourselves, guarding our hearts, guarding our minds from these toxic things that can come in and just kind of screw up the program, screw up our faith journey, screw up our trajectory in life, and kind of get us off course. And so it's been kind of a heavy thing, but it's been really, really cool. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people that they've uh, been able to take some of this stuff and apply it right away to their lives, and that, that's the goal, man, is to make the gospel practical. And so we started off in week one uh, with talking about toxic thoughts and how we said that uh, you need to be the bouncer of your brain, Right? Treat your brain like it's a nightclub. Every thought that enters gets carded, right? Is this a good thought? Is this a bad thought? Is this a toxic thought? Is this a healthy thought? And we kind of guard ourselves in that way. We identify, we reject these these toxic thoughts, and then we replace them with the truth of God, right? And so we started off with that. Week two, we talked about relationships, toxic relationships, and how relationships have a a very powerful influence over us, right? Because we let our guard down when we trust people. And we allow them to speak into our lives and speak, uh, and, and that really guides who we are and where we're going. And so we said to manage toxic relationships, we have to make sure that we put into place some boundaries. And then if boundaries are not working, then they got to bounce, right? Boundaries are bounce. You see how my brain works with this alliteration stuff? Boundaries are bounce. And so we talked all about that. And then last week, Pastor Rich shared uh, about words and toxic words and how every time we speak, it's like a window into our heart. Because the, the Word of God says that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when we're saying words and there's toxic words, there's negativity coming out, there's, there's judgmentalism coming out, there's cynicism coming out, and all these negative things are coming out of our mouths, that's just a symptom of what's really going on. And we need to do a heart checkup and see what's going on inside that's coming on outside. And so if you missed any of that stuff or you want to fill in any of the gaps, uh, you can go to centralchurch.cc slash podcast and it can catch you up. You can catch all the uh, messages that you may have missed being out of town, traveling, or whatever. But today we're continuing this series and then next week we're finishing the series. Next week we're talking about toxic religion, which is going to be awesome. And I'm sure my email inbox will be full next week. I'm excited about it but because uh, Bob's preaching. Every time Bob preaches. No, it's good. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, we're talking about toxic. It's like, who was that guy? He's awesome. Those kind of emails. <laughs> No, it's great. It's, ph- it's phenomenal. It's going to be great. We're talking about toxic religion, but today we're talking about toxic influences. Toxic influences. And since we covered toxic thoughts and toxic relationships and toxic words and all of that, what I'm going to sort of focus primarily on for these influences is consumption. Toxic consumption. Things that we're feeding ourselves. Things that we're allowing to enter our headspace and our heart space in our lives, the things that we use for entertainment, the things that we use to sort of fill our time and to, to f- fill our attention and our focus. And so we're going to talk primarily about consumption when we're talking about influence. Obviously, thoughts are influences on us. Obviously, relationships are influences on us. But for the purposes of today, I'm going to talk primarily about consumption and what we allow to take in. And so for me, growing up, Music was one of my greatest influencers. I don't know about you guys. I don't know what kind of household you were raised in. But for me, music was one of like the greatest influencers in my life. Like I can, I can see and track sort of 
through my life how music influenced me. I was raised in a household where uh, we didn't have video games, we didn't have cable, we didn't have internet, we didn't have all that stuff. Instead, we had like guitars sitting around and pianos sitting around. And so music was a big part of my life always. And, um, but even as a young kid, I remember the music that I listened to really influenced like how I dressed, how I acted, the things I was interested in, the things that I wanted to become, the trajectory of my life. Like when I was in like elementary school, I, I remember this, in elementary school, I was into these two bands that I thought were just God's gift to music, and it was Audio Adrenaline and DC Talk. Have any of you, are any of you like uh, familiar? Just a show of hands, just so I can see that I'm not alone. Okay, see those that are raising their hands? PTSD symptoms for them, okay? <laughs> Careful sitting too close to them in church. Um, no, DC Talk and Audio Adrenaline, man, it was, it was incredible. And their, their whole, like, in the Jesus Freak Tour and the Supernatural Tour and the Free at Last Tour, I was at all of those, right? And I'm talking even back in the day with New Thang and, yeah, T-H-A-N-G, if that paints any sort of picture of what this was like. But um, it, was, it was incredible. But they, they had this like, this, this, like, coolness about them. And obviously some of that was matching culture and stuff. But I found myself, when I was listening to DC Talk, all I wanted was, like, corduroys. I wanted corduroys. I wanted those, like, silver ball necklaces. You know what I'm talking about? I put some like serious gel in my hair and like was, I needed like maximum 10 hold. You guys remember that? They had like the 10 hold and then they had like the numbers that went down to where, who wants the three hold? Nobody. If you're putting gel in your hair, you want it rock hard for days, right? Um, and so I had like the, the, my, my spiky hair, my silver ball necklaces and my corduroys and all this stuff. And, and I was into like skateboarding because that was part of the culture of what was, you know, the Jesus freak, the grunge, the whatever. And so that influenced me. Listening to that music had a lot of influence on the, 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 the person that I was and becoming and the way I presented myself and all that stuff. And then as a preteen, um, I remember falling in love with this band called Blink-182, right? I mean, any of you guys, now listen, listen. I liked Blink-182 before it was cool to like Blink-182, okay? I'm going to pull that card. Before they got Travis Barker, they had Scott Rayner as the drummer and all that, like old school, Dude Ranch, Cheshire Cat, old school Blink-182, and, but I was, like, sold, right? And so these guys, they would wear Hurley all the time. And this was before Hurley was sold, like, everywhere. It was like, what's this Hurley? And so they wore this Hurley brand. I found myself owning anything and everything Hurley because I listened to Blink-182. And I had my flat bill backwards cocked to the side, right, with my baggy Dickies shorts, yes, with my high socks and my low-top Converse, yes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Super tight T-shirts, baggy shorts, yes. Okay, graphic tees, band tees. And so I found myself super into like this surfboard company living in Metro Detroit, which makes no sense whatsoever, but I had everything that they produced and owned, right? I had all this stuff. I was dressing that way. I was into that sort of thing. I was totally bought in to the subculture. This, this like suburban white kid in Detroit all about Southern California culture because of the music that was influencing me and the band that I was listening to. And I was like all about it. And then I remember getting into ninth and 10th grade and I was past sort of the pop punk stuff that was Blink-182. They were too like commercial for me. Oi, punk rock. So I got into like this punk rock stuff, right? And I was into these punk rock bands that now I listen back, like when I'm on a road trip, I love going back and listening to the music I listened to as a kid. And I'm like, how did my parents allow me to, this is so terrible. Like they, they, they oh, like I sing better and I don't sing. It's just, 
And so anyway, I got into like this punk rock stuff, right? And so when I started listening to punk rock music, Hurley was no longer cool. Now I'm wearing like chains and like chain wallets down here and like big baggy pants and like skin tight t-shirts that can bear, I'm like, I'm, I gotta walk like this because my shirt's so tight, right? And I'm doing this, I got like green mohawks and piercings and all these different things, like that was it. I was punk rock, right? My name was S, anarchy sign, M. I was no longer Sam, right? It was like, down with the establishment, right? And I'm like fully bought in, going to punk rock shows. and, ah. But I, did, I made this transition because this music and the subculture that went with the music that sort of was shaping who I was and what I was about and what I was interested in. And then coming out of that, I went into 11th and 12th grade uh, phase of my life, and I got really into jam bands. You guys know what jam bands are? Yeah, they're like... It's like the Grateful Dead, but like better, in my opinion. And I know that's blasphemy to some, but it was like jam bands. These guys play like 12-minute songs, and there's like guitar solos. And typically, do you do a lot of drugs and then listen to jam bands. That kind of goes hand in hand. And so I, tra- I didn't do a lot of drugs, though. Uh, I promise. Many of you are like, I, that, I, knew, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, but I transitioned from wearing like chains and mohawks and all this stuff. Now I'm wearing khakis and polos and Birkenstocks. And like growing my hair all shaggy, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like wearing hemp necklaces and hanging out with all the stoners, right? Because I bought into that subculture because that music had influence over me. It was shaping the way that I dressed, the way I presented myself, the things I was interested in, the friends that I had, the conversation, the causes that I was about. I mean, it drastically and radically impacted me and influenced me. And then I got to early college, and I was into like radio rap. I'm going to say radio rap because I wasn't into like the really like banger stuff that was like, I did have some values that, that some of the rap music went against. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can get down with you singing about those things. But I was into rap music to the point where I had like a babe hoodie. You guys know what babe hoodies are? No, you're not in touch with the streets? No? You're not cool like me, I guess? It's those like, you guys, I mean, younger, you guys know what that is, right? It like zipped up and like went over my face and had like a monster mask on it, you know, it was camo. It was dope. I thought it was dope. It was not though. Um... And then I had, okay, I had this, like, Burberry jumpsuit. Yes, I did. You can ask my brother to, clear, to confirm, I promise. It was, like, sweatpants and a sweatshirt that, like, matched. And they, like, had big Burberry emblems on it. I mean, it's, I was, I was like, it was, it was pathetic. Um, that was in my early college, right? But I was listening to this music, and if Pharrell said it was cool, I thought it was cool. So I was into it. And I allowed this stuff to influence me and shape me and mold me. And it, it, it just impacted me so much because it was such a heavy influencer in my life. Then I get to late college. I'm into like this indie pop rock. So I'm wearing like short shorts, right? And really like ironic t-shirts and vans and all that sort of thing. And, and now in life, um, it's interesting to think about because I'm a sucker for country music, which is like, I know, I hear the groans. I'm telling you, all those individuals that I just described hate the current me right now. They're like, country music, what? I'm a sucker for it. I'll be like in my Jeep, like crying a little bit, like, yeah, that's right, man. I, I feel it. It's, I know, I know, it's bad. It's really bad. But it, it's crazy, and we laugh about this stuff, but the reality is, you know, music was such a heavy influence in my life, and we laugh about it, but the reality is we all have something or many things that we consistently consume that guides the way that our lives roll out. For me, it was music. Whatever I was listening to came through with what I was wearing, what I was talking about, what I was concerned with, what I was passionate about, what I wanted to do with my life. Music was a heavy influencer for me, but the reality is all of us have something that influences us like that. 
All of us have something that shapes our thought process, that shapes our perspective, that shapes our worldview, that shapes who we are and who we're becoming. And so just like with thoughts and relationships and words, we need to be incredibly intentional about what those influences are. We need to be very, very on purpose with what those, atten- those, those uh, influences are. We've got to pay attention to what those influences are, what we allow to, to, to sort of guide us and direct us and shape us. We need to be intentional about what we consume into our lives. And so for today's purposes, like I said, I want to talk mostly about consumption, do, dealing with influence. Is it, and and when I, so when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor in Georgia like 10 years ago or something like that. And we always did this thing with my students because I would try to tell them that. And they'd come in singing these rap songs. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you, hear what you, did, did you hear what you just said? And like you're singing this and you're allowing it into your heart and your, and your mind and your soul without permission. And it's just coming out of you. And do, do you realize the gravity of what you just said just now? And so we said this thing. We would do, and we'd do hand motions too. We'd say input equals output, Right? Are we going to do this together? I think we are. I think we're going to do that, okay? So it's input. Let me see. Come on. Input equals, come on, equal sign. Ah, ah, I could be a choreographer. Output, right? Input equals output. Ah, Nathan, did you do it? You're laughing. Did you do it? He's like, I'm not doing it. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to. You're not as cool because you didn't, but it's okay. Um, input equals output. And so when we're talking about influences and things that, are, that we're consuming and that are shaping us, the input that we put into ourselves, it equals the output that we're placing into the world, that we're becoming, that we're being. And so, I mean, for me, obviously, it was music. For some of us, it's movies. And we watch movies, and it just, like, rocks our world, and it shapes the way we think about life. I remember one time, my wife and kids were out of town, and uh, I made the, the horrible mistake of watching the movie Predator by myself at night. Man, I watched it when I was, my, now this is terrible. My dad took me to see that when I was in like fifth grade, right? So I'm already like scarred a little bit, right? But I watched Predator by myself. I'm a grown man, okay? I ain't scared of things. When that movie was over, I swear to you my house was making noises, okay? I went around and locked every window in my entire house, made sure that every door was locked, double locked, and then I played music on my phone because I didn't want to hear the, sound at the prayer, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. If he's coming for me, I don't want to know, right? But I was terrified because that, that movie, like, it built fear in me. I was terrified, right? Grown man. But some of us, we allow movies to do those sorts of things to us. For some of us, it's television, you know? It's this trash TV that we watch. And we think, oh, yeah, that's the way relationships should go. Oh, yeah, Desperate Housewives of this, that, and the other. And that's the way marriages and relationships and parenting, and that shapes our sort of world. But we, we don't think it does, but it Input equals output. It does. It says something to us. It shapes us. Some of us, it's books. You know, we're not, we don't fall victim to the media stuff. It's books. And we're reading these, like, romance novels or this, that, and the other. And it's, it's shaping who we are. It's shaping our version of reality. And it's influencing us. And I'm not saying they're all good and they're all bad. I'm just saying we got to be intentional and careful about what we're allowing to influence us. Some of us, these these magazines and we subscribe to the people and the this and that and in touch and everything else and don't realize that everything in there is airbrushed, right? And we're like, oh, but I don't look like that. I don't dress like that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we allow those things to influence us. For a lot of us, it's social media. We spend a lot of time on social media, And we don't check those things and say, wait a second, everything on social media has a filter. 
And then I look at my life and say, well, where's the filter for my stuff? Because my life's in disarray. Their house looks clean. My house looks dirty. Their food looks delicious. My food looks gross. What's the deal? And we allow these things to influence us and to determine who we are and shape us and form us. The internet all over, man. We feel like we're more connected to people than ever, but yet we're more disconnected than ever. And we're allowing these things to influence us and shape us. Another one that's, that's huge, and I'm going to try not to get on a soapbox, but like video games too. Adults and kids, especially our kids. Man, those things influence us so much. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Games where characters are dancing after they kill someone, and then we all learn the dances and think it's so cute. Yo, in what alternate universe is that okay to dance in celebration for killing someone? What? And when you say it out loud like that, you sit there and go, yeah, you're right, that doesn't make sense. But yet we do it all the time because these influences are unguarded, coming at us. Guys, we got to be careful. These things are toxic. Toxic influences coming into our life. And so the, the question becomes, what are you consuming? You know, what are you allowing to influence your thoughts, your hearts, your perspectives in your lives? What are we doing in order to sort of manage these things, to, to confront these things, to make these things relevant in our lives? So let's pray really quick, and then I want to just look at like two or three passages out of scriptures that I think can help us sort of manage these toxic influences that are coming at us. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for the time that we get to spend just hanging out with each other, loving on each other. Thank you for the opportunity we have to sing songs of praise and adoration to you. And thank you for the freedom we have to open your word and allow it to speak truth to us. God, I pray that you would, you would speak to us today, that we would encounter and engage you today, that you'd remove me from the equation but use me as an effective mouthpiece for your truth. God, soften our hearts and open our minds. Make us receptive what you have today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. 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 So uh, the first thing I want to look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Now, uh, typically in Scripture, yeast is used as sort of an allegory for sin, right? Because yeast would come and it would spread through the whole uh, batch and all this stuff. And so J Jesus uses this a lot. Paul uses this a lot as an allegory for sin, meaning it, it, he's saying yeast, but really he means sin and things that are toxic and, and destructive to you. And so he says in 1 Corinthians, uh, there's this guy named Paul who's writing a letter to a church in Corinth. He's a first century church planner, right? And so he's writing them this letter on how to be cool with Jesus and all this stuff, how to work it out. And he says this, he said, don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast that you may be new batch without yeast as you really are. Essentially what Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen guys, a little bit of poison goes a long way. A little bit of toxicity goes a long way. A little bit of a toxic influence in your life can go a long, long way. It can spread itself through. So don't come at this thing saying, oh, well, you know, it's just, a, it's just, just that one thing that I do that's not that big of a deal. Everything else I do is good, but it's just, you know, it's just, I heard a story this week that I thought was hilarious that I want to share that really, really drives this point home. So this kid goes to his mom, he's like, hey, all my friends are going out to the movies uh, this week, and I want to go with them. And she's like, okay, well, you know, what's the movie rated? She's like, oh, it's PG-13. He's like, okay, uh, tell, tell me about, you know, what, what's, why is it PG-13? Well, I'm 13, so I should be able to go, you know. It's a pretty good, it's all good. There's just a little, you know, a few swear words, and uh, it might show a butt or two. I, you know, it's not that big, no, it's just a little bit of stuff, not, not that big of a deal. She goes, okay, all right, yeah, cool, yeah, you can go. Go upstairs and get ready, and you know what? I'm going to make you your favorite batch of brownies before you go. He's like, oh, 
Jackpot, right? Sweet. I'm going to get brownies and a movie with my friends. It's going to be great. And so she goes and she, she makes all the brownie mix and does all this stuff. And then she goes in the backyard and grabs just a little tiny piece of dog poop. Just a little one, right? Just a small little turd. And she takes it and puts it in the brownie mix. Makes the brownies, bakes them. Oh, they smell good. They look good. Takes it out. She's like, look, I made your favorite brownies. He's like, oh, mom, those smell so good. That's awesome. She goes, okay, awesome. So before you dig in, I just want to let you know that these are your favorite brownies. They're the chocolate chips, the fudge. That's going to be so good. But I did put just a little bit of poop in the brownies, like just a little bit. I mean, the rest of it's going to be pretty good, but there's just a little bit of poop in the brownies. I mean, does that drive the point home or what? None of us would eat brownies with just a little bit of poop in it, right? Because then the poop's all in it, right? Little bit of poop goes a long way when you're talking brownies, okay? Am I right? It does. But when we're talking about our entertainment, when we're talking about our consumption, when we're talking about all these other things, guys, a little bit of poop goes a long way. A little bit of toxicity goes a long way. And so when we translate that into real life, we're like, oh, but it's not that big of a deal. But it'd be a really big deal if it was poop in your brownies. Really big deal. But oh, but it's just not, not that big of a deal. Listen, we need to be intentional. We need to be on purpose. We need to pay attention to the influences in our lives. Because a little bit of poison, a little bit of poop can go a long way. It really can. Second passage I want to look at is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is cool. I'm using the message translation of this because I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts this. It's really, really practical and really solid. It says this. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I love this part right here. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. I'm going to read that part again. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. See, so often I feel like when we're talking about these toxic influence, we get sucked in to this herd mentality, right? We get sucked into this idea that, oh, well, everybody else is doing it, so it must not be that big of a deal. Everybody else is going to this movie, so it must not be that big of a deal to go. Everybody else is watching these shows, so it must not be that big of a deal to watch these shows. Everyone else is reading this book or this series or this collection. It must not be that big of a deal. Everyone else is playing this video game. It must not be that big of a deal. Everybody else's kids are holding iPhones and iPads at the age of two. It must not be that big of a deal. Don't get me going on that soapbox either. Goodness, what that does to the kid's brain development. Guys, please don't. My wife is telling me to stop. I hear her. I hear you. Goodness. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's a good idea. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that it's okay. He says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking about it. Because that's what happens so frequently to us with movies, with television, with books, magazines, social media, music, video games, screen time, toxic influences all over the place. I love that he says here, he says, um, place it before God as an offering. 
Place it before God as an offering. Don't just get sucked into it because everybody else is doing it. I love that he says, he, takes, he says, take your everyday life and place it before God. Take your everyday life and place it before God. Come to him and say, God, this day is yours. What do you want to do in and through and around me today? And help me to guard against the toxicity that seeks to throw me off path, that seeks to throw me off kilter, seeks to, 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 to throw things off. Because here, here's the reality. Is it a sin to get sucked into culture? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Do certain movies guarantee your seat in the bus on the highway to hell? No, not really. So I don't want you to get it twisted and think that that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it a salvation issue to watch trash TV? No. <laughs> Please don't think that I'm saying that. Is your Christianity in peril over video games? No, pr pr probably not. But, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 does say this. This is, again, this is Paul talking. He says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Just because you could doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Just because you could doesn't necessarily mean that you should. See, we had this like big holiness movement in the church in the early 1900s, and they were like, long hair and jean skirts to your ankles, and if you go to the movie picture show, you're going to hell and all this stuff. And it's like, no, that's not the case. But then we kind of like flip-flopped and went the whole other way, and we're like, holiness sucks. We're not into it. Forget about it, right? We live like the, we do what we want. We're living in grace. I can do whatever I want, and grace will never expire. And we're like, some of us are really protesting that. You know, we're like, how far can I go? I mean, I got grace. Hey, I'm good, right? It's like, guys, no, that's, that's not necessary. Just because you could doesn't mean that you should. Okay? We need to guard ourselves from toxic influences. We need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds. We need to guard our relationships. We need to guard our thoughts. We need to guard our words. We need to guard our influences. The things that we're allowing to speak into us. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, I love it. It says, test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. Test it. Just like the bouncer in the, 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 the nightclub of your brain. You're checking the ID on these thoughts? Check the ID on this consumption. Check the ID of what you're allowing to speak into you and, 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 and that you're allowing yourself to be consumed by. Are you, are you being entertained by sin? Are you being entertained by things that separate you from God? Are you allowing that to be your entertainment? Are you, is what you're doing pleasing to God? Does it draw you closer to Christ or does it push you further from Christ? I mean, think about it. If this show was shaping my worldview, what would my worldview look like? Because whether I want to admit it or not, it's shaping my worldview. And so go to these things, man. Be intentional about these things. I love that back in Catalyst, Rich is doing such a phenomenal job with our youth group and our teenagers and our college group and our middle school group. I mean, he's, he's knocking out of the park. It's unbelievable what they're doing. And I know many of you guys don't get to see all the stuff that happens back at Catalyst and stuff, but it is really mind-blowing what he's doing for these teenagers. And on Wednesday nights, they just started a study uh, this past Wednesday called Not a Fan. And it's from this book that was released, you know, some 10 years ago or something. But it's new to them. They don't know. They were like five when it came out. So he's doing this series called Not a Fan, and the whole premise of this series I think is so powerful. It's this idea that Jesus doesn't want us to be a fan. He doesn't want us to be a fan of him. He wants us to be a follower. 
right? We can know all this stuff and know all the Bible verses and go to church and do all this stuff, but guys, he wants followers. He wants people that are willing to shut down the toxic influences. He wants people that are willing to shut down the toxic relationships, shut down those things in pursuit of holiness, in pursuit of a relationship with him. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want a fanboy following around like I was with Blink-182, buying Hurley when it has nothing to do with who I am at all, right? That's not what he's looking for. And so it's important for us to recognize that, realize that, and be aware and intentional. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you need to do an evaluation of yourself. Maybe you need to kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself, <laughs> right? But for real, maybe you need to do a little bit of evaluation. You need to evaluate your intake, your consumption, your influences, right? Input equals output. Input equals output. Nathan, are you going to do it with me or no? Input equals, no? Okay. Input equals output, okay? Maybe we need to evaluate that. Maybe we've just been loosey-goosey, letting whatever come in. What I, yeah, it's whatever, man. I'm not phased by that. I'm a mature Christian. I can, I can handle that. I can do this. I can. Maybe we need to kind of evaluate that a little bit. Maybe we need to recognize and realize that a little bit of poop goes a long way. What did your pastor talk about today? Poop in the brownies, man. It was great. <laughs> we'll talk about it after lunch. Um, but maybe we need to recognize and realize that a little bit of poison goes a long way. And then, oh, yeah, it's pretty good, but then, you know, that part was pretty terrible, actually. But the rest of it was pretty good, you know. Maybe we need to recognize a little bit of toxicity, a little bit of poison, a little bit of poop goes a long way. Maybe this morning you need to do business with God and maybe seek God over culture. Just because culture says that that's cool and just because culture says that it's okay and just because culture says, yeah, it's great, it's magnificent, it's wonderful, whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's God's best for you or for your kids or for your family, you know? And so maybe we need to do a little bit of inventory there. Maybe you're in here this morning and you just need to wrap your head around the idea that just because you could doesn't mean you should. Just because you could do these things and God's not going to strike you with light bolts doesn't mean necessarily do it, right? But I think many of us, all of us, can do some sort of business with God this morning. So the band's going to lead us in another song before we go because I want to give you the opportunity to do that, to evaluate your consumption. Input equals output. Evaluate the influences. Evaluate some things in your life that maybe is a little bit of poop that's going to go a long way. We need to manage that. We need to handle that. We need to deal with that head on. Maybe you need to, to begin to seek God over culture and say, yeah, I know culture says this is cool and this is my song and this is my movie and this is my click and this is my crew and this is my whatever, but maybe we need to come before God and say, God, what do you have for me? Who have you called me to be? What have you called for me to pour into my heart and into my life? Or maybe you just need to say, hey, listen, I've been really exercising this grace idea. Maybe I need to realize that God doesn't want just fans that are living in grace, but he wants followers. He wants people that are in passionate pursuit of him and living it out day in and day out. Let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.